You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 181 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? Doing great, Michael. Good to see you back. Uh, back to back to back. Uh, you're here for our first episode of the Canadians Connection in March. Glad to have you in the hosting chair today. No, thank you for having me back. I'm always excited to be here in the studio with you to talk a little bit about the Habs. And uh, yeah, there's quite the interesting an eventful team week. lately. <laughs> yeah, another one. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know if we'll ever not have an eventful week here in Habsland for the next little while. And even a trade. Maybe not the trade that folks were expecting, but we'll get to that. There was a trade this week. Yeah, I, I definitely have a few questions for you about that one. All right. that I've been very excited to ask, so uh, we'll get to that soon. Um, but I'll let everybody know what's to expect here. Uh, here in segment one, we'll start things off with our week in review. We'll highlight some of the memorable moments from this week. Uh, then we'll give you some roster updates as there were some injuries and transactions that took place. Uh, we also have our Habs prospect report uh, with some audio from JF Wool, uh, and that will be followed by some hockey news. Or a little bit of, uh, I guess, a new hiring here uh, in the Habs front office. And that will bring us over to segment two. Rick will be joined by Amy Johnson, and they'll have the big topic discussion titled The Price of Entertaining Hockey. They'll uh, discuss whether or not it's a bad thing that Montreal has been able to string together a few wins as of late and climb out of the last place in uh, the NHL. And then uh, we'll go to segment three from there, and I'll give you an update on all the latest content on allhabs.net and introduce you to one of our uh, Rocket Sports media contributors, Cole Uzenic. And uh, then after that, we'll get you prepared for what's to expect the next week. That's a busy show. Yeah, it's all kinds of stuff to do here. And uh, (laughs) as you know, Rick, uh, people like to interact with us. So uh, how can they do that? Um, Many, many ways. Uh, On social media, uh, all Habs at Twitter. 
on Twitter, at uh, AllHabs, all one word, on uh, Facebook. Uh, you may want to join our uh, official AllHabs Facebook page. That's at facebook.com uh, slash AllHabs. And um, you, you may want to send us an email, info at allhabs.net, or if it's easier, 24 hours a day, you can text us, and that's at 5853-ROCKET, our Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET. Perfect. So we'll kick off the show here. We'll do our week in review, highlight the memorable moments from the Montreal Canadiens this week. Make sure you check out all the comprehensive game day previews, post-game reviews for the Montreal Canadiens at allhabs.net. If uh, you want to know what to expect for the game tonight, if you want to read about the game after, make sure you check all that out. So on the 26th of February, Montreal goes into Ottawa. It's the return of the Hamburglar, Andrew Hammond's first return to Ottawa since uh, I, that amazing Hamburglar run a few years back, and uh, he gets the win. He has uh, the tribute video that was also really nice to see. Arturi Lekkonen scores twice, and uh, Montreal's defense was really tight. Overall, I'd say it was a bit of a boring game, but uh, Montreal took advantage of some favorable bounces and defensive lapses by Ottawa. Yeah, it was uh, the Canadians uh, have been playing much better defensively. And, um, you know, there might have been a couple of nerves for uh, Andrew Hammond uh, going back to his old stomping ground. Um, but the Canadians really shut down the Senators uh, at the final 40 minutes, just allowing two high danger chances. Um, but Hammond took care of those, and and uh, the Canadians went on for a uh, two to one victory, and and that was uh, their fifth uh, uh, fifth game in a row that they won um, a five game winning streak. When when early in the season, putting two back together was so difficult, uh, it was great to see them um, get five. Yeah, I'll also point out that there were a few burgers thrown on the ice too, which was pretty fun to see. And that was the first game of uh, their Western road trip. Now, game two came on uh, March the 1st. Uh, It was Winnipeg 8, Montreal 4. Montreal's five-game win streak, as you said, comes to an end. It was an offensive-minded game. Josh Anderson gets a hat-trick. Lekkonen gets another goal for Montreal. I believe that's his 10th on the season. And the Jets, uh, well, they scored uh, four goals on six shots in the first, like, less than four minutes in the first period. That uh, was a very shaky start for start for uh, Sam Montembeau. And then the Canadians went and scored four goals on their own in less than 10 minutes, and that was followed by four power play goals by the Jets. Ooh, the penalty kill was rough uh, for the Canadians that night. Um, and, and it was a rough night also for Marty St. Louis. We know he... It doesn't have a whole lot of experience. And he said it was a tough one for him having to manage the bench uh, with all of the, the special teams play. Uh, so it was it was difficult all around. I, I, I got to tell you, for me, uh, the moment, uh, the most memorable part of the evening came before the puck was dropped. And that was the Hoosley Ukrainian male chorus who sang both uh, the Canadian anthem and the Ukrainian anthem. Uh, just a very powerful moment um, ahead of that game. Of course, uh, uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba itself, has a huge Ukrainian population. There's a big Ukrainian festival in Dauphin. And it was, uh, for all of us, uh, for those there and for all of us watching, it was, uh, there was chills. It was very powerful. Yeah, that was really nice to see. Uh, it's nice when uh, hockey takes time to pay a little bit of tribute to events going around in the world. 
So on uh, March the 3rd, uh, Montreal goes out to Calgary and uh, they win in overtime 5-4. to four. Uh, They knock off one of the NHL's hottest teams. No pun was, intended. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Four-point night for Mike Hoffman. Toffoli's held off the scoreboard. Uh, it was high, another high-scoring game. This one was a little bit more back-to-back, though. Goals from Petrie, Suzuki, Hoffman, and two, including the overtime winner coming from uh, Ben Sherrod, of all people. <laughs> ben Sherrod uh, showing his his offensive side, uh, as you said, game winner. But Mike Hoffman uh, set up that game that game winner uh, on his way to a, a four point night. Yeah, it's nice to see uh, Hoffman uh, heat up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, obviously he's uh, had some, I guess, scoring inconsistencies this season, we'll say. So it's nice to see him get a nice high scoring game in there and uh, hopefully he'll be able to keep that up. For sure. So the Canadians record is 14, 34 and seven, and that's good enough for uh, 31st in the NHL. So they move up one spot. Uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll discuss in the second segment, whether or not that's a good thing. There are positives. There are maybe negatives. Uh, but yes, out of the basement, uh, one point currently ahead of the Arizona Coyote, Coyotes and uh, just four points back of the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, what I will say, though, it is it is nice to see this team have some, I guess, good vibes, have a little bit of fun. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind uh, those wins too much, to be honest. It's, uh, it's good for development, too, in my opinion. It's, uh, there's a much more positive um, uh, vibe around the team, as you say, but th- there are other uh, positive elements too, and we'll, we'll talk, we'll, we'll detail those in the second segment. Of course. And uh, now I'll give you some updates on the roster, so some injuries and some transactions. So uh, Mathieu Perrault, he returned to the lineup against Ottawa last Saturday uh, for the win. Uh, Perrault also received a tribute video in Winnipeg uh, the next game. That was his first first game back in Winnipeg since joining Montreal. So, I mean, he's a well-liked player in Montreal, even though he hasn't uh, played that many games, but he was adored in, uh, in Winnipeg and you saw the reaction of the crowd um, at the Canada Life Center uh, for Matthew. And uh, he, he was beaming. Um, he enjoyed his time in, in Winnipeg. And uh, Joel Armia also returned to the lineup against the Winnipeg Jets. So it's good to get a couple bodies back in the, into the lineup. Uh, but, Armia, uh, fa- you know. again, uh, another player facing his former team in the Jets. He had that facial injury, uh, but back in the lineup on Tuesday night. That's true. I actually totally forgot he played for the Jets. That's a good point there. (laughs) But uh, fortunately, after getting a few bodies back, uh, Montreal also had some more injuries. Uh, Jake Evans left the game against Calgary with an upper body injury. And Andrew Hammond, who played the game against Calgary, uh, was placed on injured reserve with a lower body injury that uh, causes Caden Primo to be called back up from Laval. You know, I got a feel for Jake Evans because um, he he got hit kind of with a, a, a shoulder to the chin. Uh, then there was a couple of wild sticks. He got hit in the head three times um, in Thursday's game and had to leave early. Uh, and, and and we know he's had concussion issues. Uh, um, and and it's, again, out with a, an upper body injury. And, and uh, we, we wish the best for Jake Evans. Uh, but the goaltending situation, uh, that's uh, <laughs> always changing uh, this season. Yeah, lots of bad luck on that front. And uh, I believe 
a little bit before that, uh, Michael McNiven was traded to Calgary in exchange for uh, future considerations uh, for, well, for Montreal Canadiens. That means one less contract on the books. That's something Kent Hughes expressed his desires to do as uh, the general manager, gain some more contract flexibility. And, uh, well, at the same time, uh, McNiven, he, he didn't really seem to have too many opportunities here in Montreal. Uh, I think Poulin had outplayed him in the AHL and would essentially take his spot. I don't know. Uh, do you think that Montreal maybe regrets trading their goaltender, Michael McNiven, af- uh, after we found out that Andrew Hammond was going to be injured as well? <laughs> well, uh, they, they, they picked up um, Andrew Hammond from Minnesota because of, of uh, being down uh, a goaltender. And, and, uh, and now, again, with Michael McNiven, um, that puts uh, a bit of a strain on um, uh, uh, Laval. Uh, Caden, Caden Primo was recalled. Uh, so it's uh, Poulin down there, and they, they uh, signed uh, from the Trois-Rivières uh, Lions uh, Tristan Berube on a PTO uh, for now. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's difficult. You, you, I think they made the right move with respect to Michael McNiven. Um, this goes, this, the issues go back, um, a while now and, and, and it's not with Michael McNiven himself. He's, he's a good goaltender. Um, but he never got along with, uh, Joel Bouchard, um, and, uh, uh, we saw him shipped all over, uh, the ECHL when the Canadians didn't have an affiliate. Um, and then there was a bit of an outburst in October. Um, and, uh, we'll talk about that on, on the press zone coming up on Tuesday and give you the full story there. But it was clear that Michael McNiven was the odd man out. Uh, he gets an opportunity going to the flames. Uh, he was immediately sent to, to Stockton, uh, the Stockton Heat, he'll be able to uh, get some games in and be a mentor. They have uh, two uh, uh, prospect goaltending uh, goaltenders there. Wolf being one very good prospect. Um, it's it's just a, a whole restart for him, and and I think it's a good move. And as you said, I th- the ca- the uh, roster flexibility is most important for Kent Hughes. Uh, the Canadians now have 47 of a maximum 50 contracts. That gives them three to play with. Would he need those four? Well, uh, if you're taking uh, back players uh, in trades as we approach the trade deadline, or if you want to add uh, a player from the NCAA uh, at the end of the season there, like a Jordan Harris. Um, so, maintaining that flexibility is important. Uh, Kent Hughes uh, bought himself a bit of flexibility, shipping out Michael McNiven. So another thing in terms of goaltenders I wanted to ask you, um, with Hammond being injured and assuming he's not coming back anytime soon, assuming Price isn't coming back, assuming Allen's not coming back, uh, does this mean that Montreal's in the market for another goaltender? I don't think so. We, we don't know the extent of the injury for Hammond. Uh, on IR means a minimum of a week. Um, and, and yes, ideally you'd want Caden Primo in Laval uh, getting AHL games. Uh, but if it's a week, uh, it's not bad for him to be up. The Canadians have a bit of a light schedule coming up this week, uh, so maybe not a bad time. If it's longer, uh, then you start wondering, uh, when is Jake Allen coming back? Last week we talked about Jake Allen 
back on the ice skating. Uh, he's due to come back near the uh, trade deadline. Just before the trade di- deadline, he seems to be on track. Uh, so I don't think uh, there's any need for the Canadians to be in the market for another goaltender. And well, speaking of Keaton Primo, we'll uh, talk about him here. Uh, it's time for our Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Thank you, Amy. Laval Rockets record currently 24-18-3-0, and that's good enough for uh, 15th in the AHL. So they fall down a little bit from, uh, I guess, last Saturday, but uh, they're still right in the thick of it. On the 26th of February, uh, Laval played against Belleville and lost 4-3. This was the second part of a back-to-back series in which Laval won the first of. Uh, Laval had a 3-0 lead going into the third period, but the B-Sens battle back and score four straight goals and hand Laval the loss. Um, <laughs> Crazy game. Yeah, a little bit of inconsistency here from Laval not being able to play a full 60 it was, um, yeah, this is, usually Laval closes pretty strong, but that game, uh, they ran into penalty trouble. Um, if you listen to the press zone, uh, you'll hear uh, J.F. Uhl, um, he explains, he goes in uh, on his day off because the game bothered him so much. He really wanted to break down and figure out what happened. Uh, it was so out of character for his team. Uh, to uh, lose that lead in the third period. Uh, Really interesting um, uh, quote. So uh, head to last week's Press Zone, thepresszone.fm, and you'll be able to hear him talk about that. But Laval does battle back, and they managed to end February on, I guess, with a good game here, winning against Cleveland 2-1. to uh, This is the first time uh, Cleveland would play in Laval this season, or I guess play against Laval in general this season. Uh, Poulin started in net. Uh, Gianni Fairbrother returned from injury, and uh, Laval came away with a shootout win uh, with Alexander Fortan getting the shootout winner. Kevin Poulin's uh, been pretty good for... Uh, he's He's a veteran obviously there to help uh, mentor uh, the younger goaltenders, but uh, has put in a good season uh, so far with an 8-4 and a 1 record. Yeah, I believe he started off in the ECHL, but uh, he's uh, been brought up uh, due to all the many injuries going on uh, through this Montreal organization. Mm-hmm. And then on March the 2nd, uh, Cleveland gets revenge. Uh, it's 4 for Cleveland, 2 for Laval. Uh, another collapse in the third period. Uh, it was a close game uh, up until the Cleveland scored three straight goals on uh, Prim- Primo in the third to take victor- take the victory. That's right. And then uh, we went into uh, a game last night, Friday night, and it was uh, Abbotsford. Um, we remembered that uh, that that Vancouver's affiliate uh, for many years was in Utica, but they brought them a bit closer to home. Uh, the Abbotsford Canucks, uh, their first visit uh, to Lavelle, and Abbotsford came out uh, with a 4-2 victory. Uh, it was um, not a great game for Lavelle um, overall. Uh, maybe not uh, great with, with respect to goaltending Poulin again in last night, uh, but th- they're going to rematch uh, again today. Uh, puck drop is right now um, an afternoon game uh, in Laval uh, with Abbotsford and uh, the Laval Rocket. 
Yeah, uh, I believe today will be uh, game number six of a seven-game homestand. So we'll see if they can get uh, get some consistency uh, and get the revenge on Abbotsford. That's right. So we have uh, some audio from J.F. Uhl. Um, he's going to talk a little bit about Habs prospect uh, Jesse Yelonen on being one of the more talented players on the team. Uh, it's the Well, it's audio in French, but I'm going to have uh, Rick translate it for everybody. I think it's an important thing for people to hear, and uh, I'll let you go ahead and play that. Je l'aime beaucoup, Yelonen. Moi, je pense qu'une chance de jouer dans le national à temps plein. C'est un joueur que j'aime sa progression. Euh, je n'ai pas peur de l'utiliser en, en fin de match non plus. Je pense, je pense qu'il est responsable défensivement. Euh, C'est notre joueur qui a le plus grand, euh, le, le plus haut talent, comme je pourrais dire, dans, dans, sur notre équipe. Euh, il pense bien sur, le, euh, sur la glace. Ses replis défensifs sont excellents. Puis il nous apporte l'offensive. Alors pour moi, je pense que c'est un joueur là, que s'il continue à se développer comme ça, un jour il va être à temps plein dans le national. So we wanted to play this, um, and, and many of our our listeners will understand what was said there. But for those um, uh, who don't understand what was said, let me translate. And we thought it was important to play it because of just how strongly uh, head coach uh, J.F. Will spoke about Jesse Yelonen, one of the Canadians' um, prospects who maybe, with all the changes, will have a good chance of making the lineup uh, in the fall. And uh, what uh, the head coach said is, um, I think that Jesse Alonen has a, a, a good chance of playing full-time in the NHL uh, one day. I really like his progress this season uh, in Laval. I'm not afraid to use him um, at any time, but I'm not afraid to use him late in the in the game. Um, he's really uh, defensively responsible. Um, and then he went on to go even for Pluton. He's, he said uh, he's the most talented player on our team. Um, he, he, he's uh, talented with skills, but he also thinks the game well. Um, he, the way he, he plays defensively, his back checks are, are excellent. Um, and, uh, he brings offense to the team. He's, uh, uh, at the top, uh, of our offense. Uh, and if we look, he, uh, in 35 games, Jesse Alonen has nine goals, 14 assists for 23 points. His 0.66 points per game. Um, leads the team. Uh, he's also very important on the Laval power play uh, and has uh, six power play goals this season uh, for Laval. So uh, listen, we want to um, we want to let you know about prospects, and we realize that the press zone is where you you normally hear about all the Canadians' prospects. But we know our listeners are interested too, especially the top prospects. And this was uh, you don't hear coaches uh, speak that strongly; uh, they're usually a little bit more cautious. So we wanted to bring that quote to you. Uh, to uh, indicate how uh, Jesse Alonen has been progressing this season. So be sure to read all the content on AHL.Report. They have extensive game day content and also listen to and subscribe to the Press Zone. Uh, stay up to date on all things Habs Prospects and Laval Rocket. On last week's podcast, Rick and Amy were joined by uh, Frederic Collarette of the Laval Rockets uh, she is the uh, media coordinator. She talks a little bit about her job, how she landed the position, and uh, how much she enjoys what she does. Yeah, she. Uh, you may not know exactly what a uh, a media coordinator uh, does, uh, and she explains it very well. 
uh, very excited about her position and gives all the aspects. Um, and really, um, you know, we're here to to bring you the story, bring you stories uh, about prospects, and she helps us with that. She helps uh, put us in contact with the players, and uh, we couldn't do our job without uh, her. So uh, it's a really fascinating interview, uh, giving us some insight into that role. Yeah, if people uh, want to know more about Montreal Canadiens prospects and some of the guys uh, who you might be hearing about as soon as uh, next fall, make sure you uh, listen to and subscribe to the Press Zone. So we have some Habs news and uh, notes from this past week. Uh, the Bell Centre returns to full capacity as of uh, March the 12th. Vaccine passports will no longer be required uh, for fans attending games, but masks will be mandatory. Uh, they are following suit with uh, what some of the other Canadian teams are doing. I believe both Toronto and Ottawa will be doing the same. Jeff Molson, pretty excited to get uh, a full building and uh, and more revenue. Um, and, and yes, this... Um, a little bit earlier, a couple of days earlier than had been projected uh, by the Quebec government. But the, the arrangement, the agreement uh, was uh, this week on the 12th uh, that the, uh, the Bell Centre will go back to full capacity and you won't have to show your passports. Uh, just have a mask with you. And that's all you need. Yep. So it'll be uh, very exciting for a lot of fans who are interested in attending games coming forward. So uh, we have an update uh, from the family of Guy Lafleur. Uh, it's uh, going to be related to his health. Uh, some of you may know Lafleur has been battling lung cancer since 2019. And uh, Rick, I'll let you give the update here. Uh, the uh, Lafleur family released a statement via the Montreal Canadiens, and I'll read it. It says the Lafleur family would like to extend a heartfelt thank you to Montreal Canadiens fans for their empathy and for the outpouring of love they've shown Guy Lafleur. Guy continues his fight against cancer and is being closely monitored by his doctors. To this end, he has appointments at the Chum occasionally for checkups. After a short visit to Chum earlier this week, Guy is back home. Um, so I, I think uh, there's been so much concern uh, from our listeners. Uh, I, I, I get emails and, and texts asking about uh, Guy Lafleur. Uh, all the time, and and certainly there's been a, a lot of concern about his progress, and that's what the family uh, could share. Uh, he's he's still in in the fight of his life, as as Guy himself talked about it. Um, and uh, but uh, it's it's uh, they wanted to acknowledge the family did uh, all of the fan support that they r- received, and how important that is uh, to Guy himself. So all our uh, thoughts and prayers going to uh, Guy Lafleur and his family uh, while wishing him a recovery. So Montreal Canadiens have made another hiring for their front office. They hired Adam Nicholas as director of hockey development. Uh, He was previously a skill development consultant for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, he's held similar positions uh, in the USHL for Chicago and in the NCAA. Um, He has plenty of experience working with younger players, and uh, he was also a skating coach uh, for Lewiston in the queue. He does have a lot of experience. Uh, he's been hired as uh, the director of hockey development. Uh, what is that? We don't know. Uh, how is that different from a director of player development like Rob Ramage is? Um, again, we we don't know. Um, we 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 haven't had the opportunity yet. I'm sure it's coming uh, to speak with Adam. Uh, we haven't spoken with Kent Hughes uh, about this particular position. However. 
When we look back, uh, when Kent Hughes was hired, um, and he had his press conference, and then afterwards he had a scrum, and um, there was an inter- really interesting story uh, that, that Kent Hughes told in that scrum um, that maybe gives us some insight into how he's seeing uh, this position, um, Adam Nicholas, Director of Hockey Development, being integrated with uh, between the coaching staff and, and the player development folks. And he talked about uh, Vinny LeCavalier. Um, when Vinny LeCavalier was in Philadelphia, um, um, Kent Hughes was his agent, as we know. He was about to be traded, um, and uh, he contacted Kent Hughes, and Vinny said, hey, send me some drills. I lost all my skill. Uh, all I do is go out on the ice and I get bag skate for 15 minutes at the end of practice. I don't touch pucks. And Ken Hughes was, was kind of baffled at first and said, you know, here's a superstar, one of the best goal scorers in the NHL, and he's telling me, as his agent, I don't have any skill anymore. And he said, this, this was, uh, quote, this was probably the first time that it struck me that player development is a constant process. It's not something that's reserved only for prospects. So um, it's identifying weaknesses, it's watching video, it's helping players to fix their game. Um, So he says, quote, I envision using a lot of video for player development and envision way greater integration between coaching and player development. So this this is a guy that will be able to help players who may be struggling, who may be in a slump, um, uh, on the roster now, not necessarily prospects, but this is a, this is kind of a, an overall, we, we heard uh, Kent Hughes say he doesn't like his, his uh, team to work in silos. He wants them all integrated. So between Adam Nicholas, between Rob Ramage, between Francie, uh, Frankie Bouillon, between um, uh, Marty St. Louis and the coaching staff, there's going to be discussion and working on skills. As you said, uh, uh, Adam Nicholas has been a skating coach. He's been uh, a skills development consultant uh, for both the Leafs recently and the Chicago Steel, where he would have uh, crossed paths with uh, Can- Canadian's prospect Sean Farrell. Um, so he's been involved in in development for young players, but I think this is going to be applied as well to players uh, currently on the roster. We'll see once, once uh, we have an opportunity to speak to him, but... Uh, I think this is this is we're seeing the vision of Kent Hughes uh, being implemented in this hire. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting quote from him. I like the idea of development being throughout one's career, even if you're a veteran player. I think that's a, that's an important thing to take note. I think a lot of people look at veteran players, like in, especially in the case of Vinny LeCavalier, and think, okay, here's a perfect hockey player. He doesn't really need to practice at all. But that's not really true. Um, hockey skills are ever developing as the game changes. And, and as, as players' bodies change, as they're, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a constant process. And, uh, and they need help with that. And uh, we suspect that's going to be the role. Uh, I, I think he's going to help out with prospects as well. Um, but um, he's going to be, you know, the other duties as a sign that seems to be attached <laughs> to every job description um, that Ken Hughes puts out. I think he's going to have a lot of that here too. Yeah, so I'll be interested to see what uh, he has coming forward for the Montreal Canadiens. 
So I think uh, this is a good time to take our first break here on Canadians Connection. Uh, coming up is our big topic segment. Amy's going to step into the studio and join Rick to discuss the price of entertainment. Are you Team Tank? Is it a bad thing that Montreal's been stringing together a few wins and climbed out of last place in the NHL? Stay with us. This is Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. Now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or over. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text to the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, surprise, surprise. Well, not so much. Thank you to Michael Spinella for the uh, kind introduction. But uh, I'm uh, sliding into the co-host seat here for the second segment with Rick Stevens today. My name is Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And of course, uh, you know him well. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at all Habs on Twitter. Uh, and while you're there, you can also follow this podcast. Follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And of course, just a reminder, subscribe to the podcast, uh, either in the player or on your favorite podcast app. It's simple, easy to do, takes just a second, and you'll never miss an episode of the Canadians Connection podcast because we would not want that to happen. Uh, so, Rick, I'm here to join you for the second segment today, our big topic, the price of entertaining hockey. Um, Fans are enjoying this entertaining <laughs> hockey. Fans and, and media members alike. It's it's not quite so much of a chore to have to watch and cover a Habs game these days. Uh, they've won six of their last seven games. Uh, in doing so, have moved out of that basement position. Um, uh -oh. Yeah, so... Yes, it's been entertaining. Yes, it's been fun, uh, and it's certainly after the after the the season that fans have endured. It's a uh, it's a welcome change from how the first uh, more than half of the season went. However, what's the cost 
What is the cost? How steep is the cost of having entertaining hockey right now? That's what we're going to kind of analyze and examine here in this segment. Um, because, Rick, some fans are really starting to voice their concern that after all of the, the pains that the team and the fans went through this entire season, they might watch a first overall draft pick slip away. It's it's difficult, um, you know. You it, it's been a half half year of uh, very difficult hockey. You mm-hmm. think back to last July when the Canadians were in the Stanley Cup final. It's really only been a half year of miserable hockey. And you think of the other franchises, the the Ottawa's, the Buffaloes, who who've been mired in misery for season after season. Um, and, but the, the Canadians fans were hoping that even putting up with this bit of pain for a half a season um, and continuing on the full season, <laughs> that at the end, the pot of gold would be the first round draft pick or, you know, there's no guarantee there. It would be Top the, three the, 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 the best chance of getting right. uh, the first overall draft pick in July and um, and some yes uh, well well uh, the, the 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 fans and, and even the players are 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 back to enjoying hockey again. Yeah. Um, there is some concern uh, among some that uh, all of this pain of the first half of the season um, is 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 not going to bear fruit. So how is it happening? I think, you know, I mean, obviously we can see a correlation. Dom Ducharme and his system are no longer present. Um, I think that's the biggest factor. Um, Marty St. Louis coming in as the interim head coach. Uh, So we're seeing the players, as you said, they're having fun playing again. St. Louis has preached from the first uh, press availability he did that he wanted to bring the fun back to the game, the fun back to the locker room. And so you see the the players are having fun. They're kind of playing with abandon. Um, you know, they've got nothing to lose at this point. Uh, but when you're also stripped of, of a system completely, uh, then you, yes, you're playing uh, just kind of going off of your hockey instincts. Um not sure that it's sustainable. We're seeing some areas of, of this of the game that has been working well uh, for the last couple of weeks start to fade just a little bit. Like the puck support isn't always quite there as much uh, and so on and so forth. But Rick. And some areas haven't come along at, at all. No. The power play is actually. Uh, well, no, it's gotten worse, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, so th- there are, are some areas that haven't caught up. But um, yeah, this is. A lot of this is is uh, more about Dom Ducharme than uh, c- certainly Marty St. Louis deserves credit for bringing the fun back, bringing the uh, the players' passion yeah. back, uh, bringing back their yeah. their pride uh, in wearing the sweater, their for sure. uh, their love for the game, and it's it's painfully obvious that uh, the players we we said it at the time, but. You know, uh, the the proof is in the pudding now that the players just did not like playing for Dom Ducharme. Not no. only his system, they don't like him. Um, it was, uh, you know, the, the, the system has been talked about over and over. And we know that uh, delegations of players went to Dom Ducharme to ask him, please, uh, can we change this? Can we abandon and, this, please? And he refused. He was stubborn. Uh, but I think more so, we we said right from the moment that Dom Descharmes took over from Claude Julien, 
that this was a communication issue. And we're not talking about language. It's, it's being able to communicate with players uh, in either language. And uh, his communication skills were poor. He didn't like communicating. We, we heard that directly from the horse's mouth. Um, and and uh, it, it's a different situation. You know, he was a good coach in junior mm-hmm. where he could demand things, but there's got to be more of a give and take. There's got to be more listening, uh, which apparently Marty St. Louis is, is doing now. Um, so uh, there... They're, once the shackles of of that uh, the the old coach were removed, the former coach were reviewed removed. Uh, we're seeing this reawakening of of their hockey skills by the players. And and, and listen, it, it happens with almost every. New, there's a there's what's called uh, a new coach bump. Uh, it happens uh, all the time in the the NHL. Um, and this season, uh, there have been a number of in-season coaching changes in the league and uh, all with the exception of one have uh, winning records after the new, uh, the new coach comes in. You look at the Oilers, uh, 7-3-1. and one. You look at uh, the Canucks, who've been under uh, Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, Nin- that was a story. 19-8-4 since uh, he's been behind the bench. The Blackhawks, uh, a bit above uh, 500, 19, 18, and 6. Uh, the Panthers, remember they had a coaching change too. Way back. Uh, 29, 13, and 5 uh, since the coaching change. The Habs, uh, just above 500 at 6, 4, and 0. Uh, the only one who hasn't seen that new coach bump has been the Flyers uh, at 8, 18, and 4. But I, I think there was uh, deeper problems there. Um but generally, you're going to get that that uh, new coach bump. Um, but I, you know, I, I just caution not uh, for fans not to get too excited, not to take too much from this. Um, th- that that this doesn't this alone uh, this good start by the Canadians and getting. I mean, they won five games in a row to get them six four and zero under uh, Marty Saint Louis. Um, but, but just be patient. It doesn't say that, that Marty St. Louis is the answer, the cure all and should be coached forever and ever and ever. I kind of have this very eerie case of deja vu and I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> it's given me the heebie jeebies a little bit because we remember, uh, last year, Claude Julian, it was well past his time to, to exit from behind the bench Dom Ducharme was promoted, given the interim tag. Uh, the Habs, they they performed well enough to limp their way into the playoffs. And then they went on this magical run to the Stanley Cup final. And we warned at that point, don't let the glittery run to the Stanley Cup final uh, sway you from just dropping that interim tag without doing a due diligence, full-fledged head coach search. Canadians chose to not do that. Instead, they 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 rewarded Dom Ducharme for that turnaround, uh, gave him the permanent coaching position, signed signed him to a three year contract, and well, we all know how well that went. That blew up in their faces in a big way. Um, am I saying the same thing is going to happen with Marty Saint Louis if you give him the permanent uh, coaching position? No. We have no idea what's going to happen next season. We have no idea what the personnel is going to be on the team for next season. So there's no way to predict predict that. 
um, I'm just agreeing with you, Rick, that saying, let's be cautious. Going on a run and finally winning six games is not enough of a qualification to give to just hand someone a permanent coaching position. I am still hoping that they're going to do due diligence. They're welcome to keep my, if the, if they're liking what they're getting from the team and from Marty St. Louis, then they're welcome to keep him in the running. But I'm hoping they're going to do a full fledged head coach search this summer, and not just automatically give it to the guy uh, who's who's brought a spark back to the team. Uh, they made that mistake a year ago. Let's just hope they learn their lesson the first time. I don't know. <laughs> um, so um, that has, as as you said in the opening, uh, th- this uh, this mini streak has has uh, moved them out of uh, that yeah. last place. Um, and and um, again, um, ending up in last place is no guarantee that you're going to uh, win the the draft lottery to earn the the the, uh, the top spot. Uh, in the NHL entry draft, um, because the the NHL uh, draft lottery uh, has weighted odds, uh, we won't know exactly what those odds will be until we get everybody in. Uh, but we look at uh, the 2021 uh, NHL draft lottery odds, and the Buffalo Sabers had uh, were in 30, 31st place. Yeah, because yes, Seattle wasn't Seattle there. wasn't there. Yeah, uh, so they, but they were in last place. Uh, they had a sixteen point six chance of winning the uh, draft lottery. Uh, the next um, uh, team was the Anaheim Ducks. They had a twelve point one percent. Seattle placed in third uh, in that third draft spot mm-hmm. at a ten point one uh, chance. So uh, it's a it's a weighted draft lottery, um, and and obviously. Um, Finishing in last place, you're going to have the best chance to win the lottery. That's right. And currently, uh, the Canadians have, as we said at the top of the segment, moved out of that bottom bottom spot that they occupied for quite a good period of time here recently. They are no longer 32nd. That that place is now uh, the Arizona Coyotes. The Canadians have bumped up to 31st place in the league, uh, second to last. However, they're only four points away from the Seattle Kraken. Uh, So you see that if they continue doing what they're doing, uh, they're going to inch their way out of the basement slowly but surely. So what's the big deal? Well, as we said, you know, yes, uh, most certainly the, 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 the season that the Habs have had, for me, in my opinion, if you draft anywhere out of the top three, that's a disaster after the after the season that you've just gone through. Um, right now, just moving one place out of out of the bottom, they're already most highly their, their biggest percentage chance right now at this very instant is is fourth overall. Um, in in, it's a, getting, in it's, the estimated uh, <laughs> yeah. draft lottery odds, uh, right. they have uh, about a 40% chance of, of drafting fourth, given where they are in the standings, 30%, 32% chance of dra- drafting third, 13% of drafting second overall, and a 12% chance of drafting first. Um, it's, yeah, it, we're two-thirds of the way through the season, uh, so lots can happen. Um, about 27 games left at the time we record this. 
Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Now, there's also, um, there's there's another factor. The trade deadline is going to factor into this mm-hmm. uh, because are the Canadians going to be able to keep the pace that they're at with Marty St. Louis um, without a Jeff Petrie, without a Ben Sherrod, without Arturi Lekkanen and Mike Hoffman and whoever else is is going to be uh, moved by the time the trade line uh, trade deadline arrives, um, and 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 the other teams aren't static either. They're they're going to be moving players, so there's a lot in play here yet before um, those those final draft positions are locked in. So that's kind of the 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 warnings signal of. We're happy that we're excited about getting some entertainment from the Habs these days. That's kind of the catch-22 side of it. Um, that, that you know, you, the draft positioning might not be as ideal. Um, you know, if you could get a first overall draft pick, that would be a really big boon uh, to to your, your prospect pool and your roster in the future. But we'll see what happens there. The other side of that, though, Rick, is that there are benefits coming out of the improved play. Of course, um, you know, we see Cole Caulfield looks like a, a completely different player than he did for the first half of the season. He was a complete shadow of himself. Um, you see Nick Suzuki uh, playing with with more energy. Um, Jeff Petrie, who has been, I'll use the word dreadful again all season, uh, is suddenly his stick is waking up. He's he's sometimes playing better. Um, so you see that individual players uh, are are finding their game again and and getting back on an upswing. But there's there's more than that, right? Yeah, I think there is, um, and it it particularly applies. It, it applies to all the players, but particularly those who might. Uh, be of interest to to playoff bound teams, and um, one of the things that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon said uh, that they would be spending a lot of time on is evaluation, um, evaluation of what they had, uh, who who are the the type of players that that they want as part of the team going forward, um, and. You know, when the team is losing, when the team, uh, when individual players aren't playing up to their potential, uh, when there's a, you know, the mood is is terrible. It's really, really difficult to get um, an accurate assessment. And so uh, one of the benefits of the winning, one of the benefits of the positive feelings with Marty St. Louis behind the bench is um, is a better assessment is uh, you know uh, Kent Hughes and and uh, Jeff Gordon being able to to better assess uh, who is going to be part of the solution who and and really who who doesn't who doesn't fit their model um, you know they it was in in Kent Hughes's uh, initial uh, press conference he talked about he wants a team that plays with speed and and with offense and people locked on to that but they missed what else he said and he talked about how uh, important character was he he went out to went on to say character is a skill uh, mm-hmm. he talked about how important leadership is uh, so those are things are uh, you know that are on their uh, checklist as far as uh, evaluation goes and um, that evaluation has been so much easier for them or, or so much more ac- accurate I think for them while the Canadians are are playing to their potential um, during this this recent little spell um, but it's also not only for the Canadians internally uh, 
Uh, externally, it's much easier for uh, scouts uh, from other teams, pro scouts, um, and and general managers who are looking to put together a trade to to look at a Jeff Petrie and say, oh, okay, that that's what what that's uh, what he can do. <laughs> yeah, rather than the way he was playing earlier. Um, so you look at uh, you look at uh, just the last few games, and you look at the the. The players that are have the the highest likelihood of being traded, uh, like Jeff Peter, I, I still not concerned and not convinced that he's going to go before the trade deadline. But I think before the draft, either at the trade deadline or before the draft, he's he's going to be traded. But you look at his performance in the last uh, eight games; he has seven points, three goals, four assists. How about J- uh, Ben Sherratt? He's averaging over twenty four minutes a game. Uh, not generally known for his offense, but he has two goals and four assists in the last five games. Um, Josh Anderson, six goals in his last six games. Um, don't say Jeff, uh, um, Josh Anderson's don't name. He's me, my favorite player. Mike Hoffman, uh, last game, a four-point uh, game against Calgary, a goal and three assists. Arturi Lekkonen, again, um, he's among the, the Canadians' leaders uh, in scoring, and he has three goals and one assist in his last three games. Uh, he's been fabulous. He has, and that's and that's just it. You heard you heard me mutter there. Don't get me started. Um, I you know I understand fans get very attached to their favorite players on a team, but um, at this stage for the Canadians, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Uh, if you expect new results, if you expect players to be able to come in uh, via trade and particularly free agency, as it has been estimated that uh, Kent Hughes is going to be very aggressive in free agency this summer. We talked about this uh, last week a bit. Um, if you're going to have the cap space to do the things that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are going to need to come together and do to really solidly improve this team, both for the long term and the short term, then some of your favorite players are naturally going to have to exit the organization. It's a it's a tough part of the business, but that's the key. It's a business. We saw uh, Tyler Toffoli left. A lot of fans were very, uh, very sad and very upset to see him go. But you can still be a fan of Tyler Toffoli. Look at look at the run he's gone on in Calgary since since he was traded away. He's he's performing very well uh, with the Calgary Flames and has a decent shot at uh, at some fun in the postseason. So um, you're expect to see. Just brace yourself now. Expect to see at least one of probably your favorite players might not be wearing. Uh, the CH by the end of the trade deadline or by the end of the season. Um, it's just an unfortunate part of the business, but hopefully those players will find a new home, a fresh start, and and still find success. Just how, how do we know what, what Kent Hughes is going to do? We don't. Uh, no. There's There's no track record. There's nothing to go on. However, uh, we do have his words uh, to go on. And... Um, it, with in particular uh, with these players who all of a sudden have have uh, in some cases like Petrie uh, reawakened uh, and we're seeing on on our our all Habs Facebook group uh, even uh, folks saying uh, don't trade Ben Sherratt. well Ben Sherratt's an unrestricted free agent um, uh, Brett Kulak is an unrestricted free agent uh, Cedric Paquette Matthew Perot, uh, Pitlick, Weidman. We saw Weidman uh, getting power play time over 
Jeff Petrie. Why? Uh, you're showcasing what uh, Weidman can bring as a, a specialty player uh, in the in the playoffs. Um, you know, even the players with term, uh, Petrie and, and Hoffman, a lot of outcry on Facebook, don't trade Mike Hoffman, uh, Josh Anderson in particular. But if you want a, uh, an inkling as far as what Kent Hughes is going to do, you go back to his um, his press conference. Uh, and he said this in French, so I'm going to just read what he said. Um, uh, he said, I re- uh, and this is quote, I remember a long time ago when Ron Hextall was in Philadelphia, Ron Hextall as general manager of Philadelphia, uh, Ron Hextall told me, we are in the business of buying high and selling low. And uh, Kent Hughes says, so what can we do to avoid that approach? So I think fans are, are all in for that approach. Um, selling low, uh, wanting to sell, everybody wanted to sell Jeff Petrie when he was struggling uh, at the beginning of the year. Not so much now. Um, you know, player, uh, uh, fans want uh, Cedric Paquette traded. Uh, they want uh, players, uh, Matthew Perot. Um, but Kent Hughes is saying, we got to get away from that. We have to trade players. Um, we have to, uh, rather than buy high and sell low, sell high and buy low. Um, so we have to sell players, uh, when they're performing. Uh, so all of these players, and I read some of the statistics who are performing right now, um, there's an assessment going on. Are they, mm-hmm. are, are they're playing well? Yes. Are they part of our future? Yes or no. If it's no, uh, those, those players who are performing will, will be sold high. Uh, that's, uh, that's part of Kent Hughes's philosophy. So don't be surprised, um, if, if that happens over the next two weeks as we approach the trade deadline. And that's exactly what happened with Toffoli. Toffoli had been one of the few players who was uh, consistently playing at least pretty decently for the Canadians. And look at the return that Kent Hughes got for Tyler Toffoli. It was, it was definitely a win. Um, and so you can darn well bet that if Jeff Petrie were traded today, Kent Hughes is getting a whole heck of a lot more back for Jeff Petrie today than he would have three weeks ago. Uh, that I mean, there's just no denying that. So it's going to be really interesting to see who who does move before the trade line. Or Rick, as you say, since there are uh, quite a number of UFA, you know, how many are are just let go? What what they do in free agency? Um, it's it's going to be, I think, a, a very telling. Look, once we see who is left, kind of when the dust settles after the trade deadline and after after uh, the end of the season, what really the makeup of the Canadians and the core uh, returning players are going to be, that's going to tell us a lot about how Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are envisioning the Montreal Canadiens' new chapter. And for fans, prepare yourself. Ben Sherratt's being traded. Um, (laughs) He was being traded anyway. There's there were a number of teams interested in Ben Sherratt for the way he plays in the playoffs. Uh, Mm -hmm. Physical, clearing the net, the cross checks. You know the 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 image of of Ben Sherratt. Adding his his a bit of offensive talent. 
uh, somebody pointed out that he would be the uh, have the most goals on the Leafs. Uh, of course, the Leafs being one of the teams that would be interested, mm-hmm. he would have the most uh, goals on the Leafs as per uh, defenseman. Um, so his his offensive. Uh, outburst this year uh, has made this a bit of a feeding frenzy around uh, Ben Schrott. So it's uh, pretty well guaranteed that he'll be moving on. You can be guaranteed that we're going to stay on top of it here at All Habs and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, and as things happen, as things change, as outlooks change, as as solid uh, speculation comes through, we're going to analyze all of it for you and, and bring it to you each week. Um, so before we get to our final break, though, Rick, I know this is something that that you and Michael, uh, Michael's going to slot back into the co-host chair uh, in the third segment. And I know the two of you are going to talk about this uh, in the third segment, but I can't help myself. Well, while you're here. While I'm here. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we always do in the third segment that I, that I know you and Michael are going to cover is just talking about um, any of this week's Rocket Sports Media content that you might have missed during your busy week. Um, and there's one thing. Thing in particular that I did, I just wanted to point out. You guys can still talk about it in the third segment. I won't mind. <laughs> Habs but, Hockey Report. That's right. Uh, brand new. Are you? Let me ask listeners this. Are you subscribed to the All Habs YouTube channel? If not, go to youtube.com slash allhabs and just hit that subscribe button. I'm very proud of a new project that we've launched this week. Uh, I am hosting and producing a weekly video series at all here at allhabs.net called Habs Hockey Report. It's going to be uh, a, a weekly offering of the latest updates about the Montreal Canadiens, the Laval Rocket. Uh, we're going to have exclusive one-on-one interviews with a bunch of prospects and, and Rocket players and personnel. Uh, and there's a really big fan component to it as well. It is a is definitely an interactive show. Uh, we're going to have, we're going to be showing off, uh, giving you opportunities to, to submit uh, pictures to share of what great Habs fans you are that we're going to, to put on the video series each week. We're going to have a mailbag segment where there's always a, a question that we're going to ask. Lots of ways for you to get involved. Um, the first premiere episode, the pilot episode just dropped. Uh, we just launched that on Thursday, Rick. We've had resounding feedback. Really well received. Yeah. <laughs> um, just uh, we've got a, a ton of new subscribers subscribers on the channel. Uh, we don't want you to miss out. Uh, I'm just very excited to, to, to get this started. I think, uh, I think it's a, it's a great way to complement everything that all of us here at Rocket Sports do. We like to give you the type of content in the ways that you like to consume it. Podcasts are one way. Uh, the, the website, the written content is another way. And another way is the visual content on our YouTube channel. And on this, uh, with this new project, Habs Hockey Report, We've got a new set, we've got a new format, and we've got a new host. That's you. That's me. Um, and, <laughs> and it's been really well received so far. The, the thing that for me is exciting is due to the pandemic, our, um, our in-person, on-the-road coverage of the Habs prospects had to come to a screeching halt. If you've been a longtime uh, reader or listener here at Rocket Sports, then you know that uh, Rick and myself would, would travel through thousands and thousands and thousands of miles all across the Northeast every hockey season 
and kilometers, uh, covering um, the AHL affiliate in person on 70% of their road games, getting one-on-one interviews practically every weekend. Um, all of the, and we would bring you reports on on Twitter live from the rink and and those types of things. All of that had to come to a screeching halt because of the pandemic, and it's something that we've really wanted to find a way to get back to bringing you that kind of uh, kind of news but fun uh, video offering. Uh, and so this is a way that we've an innovative way that we've kind of modernized what we used to do, uh, and we can uh, we can pack a lot more into it. And I'm really excited about how interactive and fan based the the show is going to be. So. So to all the new subscribers, thank you. Uh, yes. Thank you for subscribing. And for those that haven't, again, youtube.com slash allhabs. Go there, check out the content, and subscribe. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, be sure to leave a comment when you watch the YouTube uh, show. I will be reading comments each week from the previous week. So make sure you uh, make your voice heard. Uh, speaking of making voices heard, uh, coming up in the next segment, uh in the new voices segment of the of the third segment of the show, uh, going to be hearing from Rocket Sports team con- team member and contributor uh, Cole Yuzenik. Michael Spinella is going to sit down with him. Uh, so there's that and lots more coming up in the third segment. Uh, right now, however, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get to that when we come back. So stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. Now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or over. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text to the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Welcome back to episode 181 of Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Big thanks to Amy Johnson for stepping in for segment two. 
you can also make sure that you follow us at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853 Rocket. So it's good to see you back here in the studio for segment three, Rick. For sure, uh, that was a that was a, an interesting discussion because Habs fans are are really torn on the subject of uh, of winning. They enjoy the winning. They enjoy the the entertaining hockey. Concerned about the draft. I think we uh, tried to present uh, all the 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 benefits and and uh, perhaps the pitfalls as well. Yeah, it's nice to hear uh, both sides, and um, obviously, I'm always curious to hear what uh, fans and listeners have to say about that. So make sure uh, you give us a little text here or uh, message us on uh, Twitter, or Facebook, any of the social medias. I'd be curious to hear what people think about uh, the, whether or not their team tank or they're okay with the winning. It is the Have Your Say segment. Segment three is Have Your Say. So um, we're, we're going to be uh, giving you opportunities to have your say, directing you to new content, um, and um, a chance to hear a new voice uh, on the podcast. Yeah, so I'll start it off here. I'll uh, get everybody up to date on all the allhabs.net content and uh, what to expect. So uh, first things first, uh, the Habs notepad. Chris G writes a weekly notepad and uh, discusses all things Montreal Canadiens. The latest notepad came out on the 28th of February, and uh, he discusses Arturi Lekkinen, Alex Burroughs, the Laval Rocket, the Trois-Rivières, and uh, Martin St-Louis. We also have our Habs headlines. You can stay up to date with all the Habs headlines, get uh, extensive coverage on all that as we approach the trade deadline. Uh, we're going to break all the Habs news through there. We also do our Habs game day preview and recap every game. Rick, Chris, and Cole will uh, provide a preview and they'll also do a recap. So we'll prepare you for the game and then we'll give you a little send off after, after the game. Make sure you check that out on allhabs.net. And YouTube, we have some new content. New it's, content. Uh, yeah, the Habs Hockey Report. We released a pilot episode entitled Welcome Fans this past Thursday, and it's going to be hosted by Amy Johnson. So get all your updates on Habs news there every Thursday. Amy will also be taking your Habs-related questions, so make sure you leave some comments on YouTube. Make sure you su subscribe to All Habs on YouTube as well and keep, it, keep an eye out for videos every Thursday. I actually didn't realize that I wasn't subscribed till this past <laughs> Thursday, so I made sure I subscribed. Well, that's for all of our, our listeners. Uh, check whether you're subscribed. Um, YouTube.com uh, slash allhabs. Make sure you're subscribed. Like Michael, um, maybe you, you aren't or, or you've uh, mysteriously become unsubscribed. So make sure you, you subscribe and, uh, and so you won't miss any of the content. Yeah, it's a very exciting uh it's a very exciting project that we're working on there. Uh, we also want to see everybody's uh, Habs outfits, Habs merchandise. So make sure you use the hashtag show us your Habs on Twitter and uh, you might get featured in a video as well. That's right. Hashtag show your Habs. Um, uh, attach that to any of your tweets uh, and, uh, and we'll be sure to feature you on the show. 
You also want to make sure that you're subscribed to The Press Zone. Every Tuesday, a new episode will drop. The Press Zone is your source for updates on prospects and everything Laval Rocket. Uh, get extensive coverage on the AHL as well. Uh, this past week, uh, Rick and Amy were joined by Frederic Collarette, uh, the media coordinator of the Laval Rocket. And uh, they had uh, it was a really fun interview. I enjoyed listening to that one. And this week, it's uh, the AHL Hot Stove, uh, where Amy and uh, myself... Uh, AHL guru Patrick Williams will sit around and and uh, discuss current AHL um, events and and those that pertain to the Laval Rocket. Yep, and that next episode's going to be out on Tuesday, March the seventh. So make sure you keep an eye out for that one. And while speaking of All Habs content, uh, every now and then we like to introduce some of our RSM colleagues. Uh, uh, today I have uh, Cole Uzenik, uh, who does some writing for the AHL Report. I know he does uh, some help with the game day coverage, and uh, I had a chance to speak to him. Really looking forward to this interview. This is a segment where I get to introduce some of my Rocket Sports media colleagues. And uh, all the way out in Saskatchewan, I have uh, Cole Uzenik with me. Cole, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate having you here. It's good to talk to you. Um, so one of the things I usually do to start this off is, uh, I guess I'll ask uh, how you joined Rocket Sports Media and how you go about contributing. Yeah, so um, initially I was just uh, like I had a knack for writing. Um, I didn't kind of really know where to uh, use those talents, I guess. And I seen RSM on Twitter or just online in general and saw that uh, they were looking for some contributors. So um, I just applied and uh, was talking with Rick and we had a really great phone conversation and here I am now. And uh, what do you do for your contributions? So I started out just doing, you know, some small articles just to, uh, you know, kind of get into it, get into the rhythm. And uh, now I'm doing some game previews with Sam and Rick. Yeah, and that's for the Habs game day previews, eh? Yes, you bet. Perfect. So I know you're a lifelong Habs fan and you're in Saskatchewan. So I guess my question is, how do you become a Habs fan all the way out in Saskatchewan? So funny enough, when, uh, you know, I was born, I didn't really have a choice. My uh, my dad kind of forced me into it. And, uh, you know, ever since I've it's the only team I've ever really known and cheered for. So do you have a bunch of Habs fans all the way out there? Is that the main fandom or does everybody cheer for like a different team? What's going on it's, with that? It's honestly a big mix. So um, there is a lot of Habs fans, um, but there's also a lot of Toronto fans. And, uh, you know, there's just a, a very large, large mixture. It's where I live. It's it's a big football town. We have the CFL, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So that is a massive part of what Regina has to offer. Yeah, I guess uh I guess people would not be a big fan of yours if you didn't cheer for the Rough Riders, from what I hear. That's yeah, a pretty that's big right. fandom. So I know uh, your dad's been a pretty big influence in uh, you becoming a Habs fan. Uh, is he a lifelong Habs fan as well? Yes, he is. Yes, of course. And uh, obviously growing up, like, you know, it, funny enough, it was his birthday last night. So we had gone over and um, I brought this topic up to him, actually. And he was saying, yeah, you had no choice but to cheer for the Habs. And, uh, you know, here we are today. <laughs> awesome. And uh, I know that growing up, uh, you played hockey quite a bit and uh, your dad uh, was your coach at one point. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, props to my dad for getting him into hockey because, you know, none of this I would be doing right now. So I, you know, I appreciate what he's done for me. And um, yeah, so I had a, a 
pretty decent hockey. I don't know if you want to call it career, but you know, we'll call it career. Um, it was good 13, 14 years. And, um, you know, he coached me for, I want to say four or five years, I think around there. But, um, yeah, then I kind of, when I transitioned into the, uh, the peewee and the midget, right when you kind of start hitting, he, uh, he kind of stepped back in his role and kind of just let me, uh, let me fly and, uh, did my first year midget. And unfortunately, um, it was my last, last season, I guess, cause I suffered a pretty bad concussion oh. and it, uh, yeah, kind of put me out of hockey for, for good, but you know, I still get out to the outdoor rinks lots and, uh, get skating around and actually will be doing a nice little, uh, nice league with my dad here right away. So, Oh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I guess growing up playing hockey, uh, who was your favorite hockey player? Oh, that is such a hard question. Yeah. I had so many, um, but growing up, I had to say, I really looked up to, uh, Saku Koivu, um, just an incredible player and a massive part of Canadian's history. Well, I guess since you brought up his name, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Uh, Saku Koivu, is he a Hall of Famer? I, you know, I would say so. Yeah, it's funny because when I think about uh, a lot of uh, the best players of, from when I was growing up as well, like the three that come to mind, Alfredson, Sundin, and Koivu, maybe that's just because of where I'm from. But yeah, I, I would say so as well. Yeah, for sure. I know you uh, have quite a bit of uh, Habs memorabilia. Can you uh, tell us uh, about some of the pieces you have? And do you have a particular favorite one? Honestly, I love all of them. Um, I I used to have a lot more. I honestly don't know what happened to it. Like I remember in our older home, older family home, I my room was completely painted in Montreal colors. And I had like, you know, action figures and, you know, just all these crazy things like, you know, mini sticks and all that stuff. But uh, uh, now it's just jerseys. Um, and I love all of them. So, I mean, the one piece I, I kind of really do love is the, uh, Laval rocket Gallagher Jersey. No, it's just a, a very unique piece, I think. Um, but obviously the new one I just acquired the, uh, signed Alexander Romanov Jersey. That one is going to be going to the shadow box here pretty soon and be going into the man cave. Yeah, no, that's a pretty good Jersey pickup for right about now. I I'd say that he's probably safe and, uh, that'll be a Jersey that you can wear going forward. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so how did uh, you acquire that uh, Brendan Gallagher Laval Rocket jersey? Um, so it was just off of Fanatics, actually. Um, I, I Honestly, I, it's weird because I've looked recently and it doesn't look like they, they have them out anymore. So I don't know if it was just like a one-time thing. You know, maybe I just purchased at the right time or I don't know what it is. But yeah, I, I have one in my repertoire now. So yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really nice piece to have. That's really cool. Yeah. But uh one of the things I'll mention here is that uh, you actually have an article on uh, allhabs.net about uh, your first game at uh, the Bell Center. I guess without giving too much away from uh, what's in that article, I'll ask, uh, how was that experience for you? Uh, how old were you when you got to go and uh, which game was it? Yes. So uh, this is actually just, I want to say two, I think three years ago now. It was the last regular season game at the Bell Center when they were facing Toronto. And uh, Ryan Paling was making his NHL debut. And um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have picked a better game to go to, I think. You know, they at that point, they were already out of the playoff spot. Um, but from an entertainment point, like, I couldn't have asked for much more. I mean, it went to overtime, and it was a back-and-forth battle, and went to a shootout. And, um, you know, ultimately, ultimately Paling scored the uh, the shootout winner um, and had a hat-trick to, to follow that. So, you know, like I said, just... Couldn't have picked a better game. 
Yeah, that's pretty great. And growing up as a Habs fan all the way out in Saskatchewan, like it must have been a really cool experience for you to finally get out to the Bell Center. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And Montreal itself is just a, a gorgeous city, um, you know, and doing it as a solo trip too really just kind of opened my eyes a little bit, um, you know, just really throwing yourself out there um, in, in an un- uncomfortable position, I guess, you know, you're not going with friends or anything. So you really have to push yourself to, you know, start conversations with people and, um, you know, it was awesome because I, I do have 12 years of French under my belt. So um, it was also really nice to exercise that as well. And Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great. And uh, I know that you do have a, I guess, a Habs fan type perspective, especially when you're writing. So one of the things I always find interesting to ask is, uh, what was it like to see Montreal reach the finals last season? Like, how exciting was that for you? Oh, man, like, just, it, it almost leaves me speechless. It was such a fantastic run. And I got to experience that with some of my, my buddies down here in Regina. You know, we we would go to the brew house. I, I don't know if you know what the brew house is, but it's a very notable bar across Canada here. And, um, you know, just the, the, the venue itself, they really, you know, allow fans to thrive in, in, in moments like that. So just watching the, uh, the finals there with some friends and stuff like that and just experiencing that run was just something else. Did uh, Saskatchewan like embrace the Habs as their team? No, not quite. I think mainly in Saskatchewan, you're going to find more Winnipeg and Edmonton fans, unfortunately. (laughs) So that must have been fun going to the bar and seeing uh, (laughs) Montreal. uh, I I think they beat both of those teams in the playoffs, eh? Yeah, you bet. And then uh, I guess seeing them fall from grace this year, I guess what's, what's that experience for you seeing them go from, you know, Stanley cup finals last year to just falling down. And uh, as we speak, it's uh, they're in 32nd in the league. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, a lot of fans may be, you know, angry or frustrated. Um, For me, um, I'm more excited to be honest. Um, You know, we now have Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes taking the reins. Um, I think this is a really exciting time. You know, we, we've got a, a lot of young guys who have got some great looks. Um, you know, I think this is it's going to be a different Montreal team come next year. So I think there's a lot to be excited about. But yeah, I mean, obviously watching the games this year, it's tough. It's very, very tough. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's pretty, uh, it's not fun to watch a lot of those games, especially, you know, when your team's just not able to win at all. But I mean, rebuilds are fun, actually. I It's exciting to look forward to the draft. It's exciting to see who might be coming down the pipeline. There's a lot of intriguing prospects. Uh, I've said it many times on this podcast. I think Caden Gooley is going to be an absolute stud in this league. So I, I, agree. I appreciate uh, your positive perspective on that. Yeah, no problem. Sweet. So thank you very much for uh, speaking with me today, Cole. Uh, where can the good people find you on social media? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. Um, I'll, I'll try to spell this out very slowly because it's my last name. So it's at J-U-R-Z-Y-N-I-E-C. And that's mainly where you'll find me. I'm not too, too active on other social media, but that's where you can find me on Twitter. Perfect. Uh, look forward to seeing what you have to say on Twitter. And uh, we'll keep an eye out for everything that you put on allhabs.net. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Uh, it was nice to hear from Cole, and uh, it's always nice to get to know him as well. I know uh, some of my uh, Rocket Sports Media colleagues were actually asking uh, if I could get him on here, so I made sure I did that. Uh, so he's no longer the mystery man. 
Cole is uh, is our writer involved in in the game previews. He and I do together. Sam uh, Gerber as well. Um, and uh, Cole is uh, is a newer member. Started at the beginning of the season writing the, the recaps. He's a, he's a fan. You can tell his excitement uh, in that interview. Uh, and Cole, um, as, as I said, from Saskatchewan today, uh, as we record, uh, the Canadians are set to, to face off with the Edmonton Oilers. And Cole made the journey to Edmonton. He'll be in uh, the, the stands tonight, and hopefully we'll get some photos from Cole um, of the Oilers uh, versus the Canadians. Yep, uh, you you know you're going to hear from him on Twitter as well. He's a great follow. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and uh, I'll get to everybody set up uh, for what's to expect from the Montreal Canadiens for this upcoming week. Uh, they are going to complete their Western road trip. Uh, will they keep their momentum going? Tonight, Saturday, as we mentioned, uh, Montreal's in Edmonton. Uh, will be a real test for their defense. It will also be a big test for goaltending. Will they be able to hold back the Oilers' big offense? Well, that's uh, the Canadians been playing better uh, defensively, and it, like, who wants to predict these days? Who would have imagined that the Canadians could have uh, taken down the Calgary Flames? So we'll see what happens uh, tonight against uh, the Oilers. Yep, and then uh, on the 9th of March, uh, Montreal's in Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver's another team that's been struggling a bit this season. So again, that'll be another fun game to see how Montreal measures up. And uh, Vancouver's been much, much better against, uh, uh, much, much better since the coaching change, as we mentioned last segment. Um, so Wednesday, Wednesday night, uh, Montreal in Vancouver. Late start, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. So you're going to have to put on the coffee, stay up late. <laughs> Will do. So that's uh, going to wrap us up for today. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Canadians Connection on your favorite podcast app and share on social media. Enjoy the week. We'll be back next Saturday, March the 12th, for another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.